Welcome to Sand Pebbles. The purpose of this series is to make philosophy accessible and understandable to the working public. I have here our resident theologian, Harvard theologian, Harvard philosopher and Buddhist, Dr. Hogan. And he has some rebuttal or objections to my comments regarding truth and ethics. Let's go to Nietzsche. Oh, okay, sure. This is very interesting what I discovered about Nietzsche, the supposed nihilist, which he's not at all. When he was a student, his favorite work of literature was Plato's Symposium. And the Symposium is a short work in which philosophers gather to discuss love. But the real point of the, of the dialogue, and let's go back to the dialogue, Plato was originally a dramatist. He wrote plays, tragedies, actually. He was competing for the tragic award in Athens. When he stumbled upon Socrates and his students, and he decided to turn to philosophy. But Plato transformed both literature, drama, and philosophy by burying them together. The dialogues are Germanic literature in the form of philosophy. It's quite unique. None of his dialogues have ever been performed on stage, which is quite stunning. Most of them are boring. But in a symposium, which is not boring, they meet, and typically they would be drinking, drinking a lot. But at the introduction of the symposium, Socrates says that we realize that you had a big party last night celebrating someone's event. So tonight, you can drink or not drink at your choice. But the other thing about these meetings, and this gets to the core of the symposium, in the Dionysian tradition, which is drinking wine, a woman would play a flute. A woman would play a flute while you get drunk. And Socrates dis- dismissed the flutist. The woman was told to leave. So this is, is unusual in the sense that they're not drinking, they're talking about love, and there's no Dionysian feature. The contrast in the dialogue is between, and this is what Nietzsche seizes on, the, the contrast is between the Dionysian and the Apollonian, as in Apollo. The Apollonian tradition of morality is rational. It's what Val and I were talking about. It stipulates what you ought to do based on reasoning. Unlike the Dionysian tradition, which simply indulges what Freud would call the id, pleasure. So the reason Nietzsche likes the symposium is because it contrasted these two things. But this will surprise you greatly. The Apollonian tradition became dominant after Plato in the form of Christianity, because Christianity is just Neoplatonism. So Nietzsche thought that that was a mistake because it elevated reason above our other side, which Freud recognizes as a strong drive. What Nietzsche wanted to do was restore the balance to resurrect the Dionysian side so that both the Dionysian and Apollonian ethic can coexist. And now we're getting back to Buddhism. (laughs) Both a negation can exist both at the same time. Actually, I think I agree with you on that. I mean, that's the whole point of existentialism. I mean, you can make the leap of fate to rationalism, to Christianity, or even, it doesn't have to be Christianity, but in the face of a random, arbitrary, meaningless universe, you can make the leap of fate into a rational universe. You can believe that there's reason there. So, I, I mean, I'm not 
disagree with you on that. Mean you, but does, does that mean you abandon the Dionysian? Well, no, you could, that's the other option. I guess the spectrum, you can also say, you know, F the universe, I'm going to concentrate on pleasures and, you know. Do no, it. no, no. Nietzsche's saying you can do both at the same time. Yeah, no, I, I don't. You know, that's, you that's, that's how I read them. And I mean, you, you can in the sense that the leap of faith is a passion. I mean, it's not a rational leap. It's a leap of the will. I mean, you're faced with this. Right, right, right. Right. I mean, it's an irrational universe, arbitrary, meaningless, random. So there's no way to make a rational decision to, to accept that. I mean, it's, it's irrational by definition, but you can make the leap of faith, of will, and that's a passion. I mean, that's why existentialists are always talking about passions and being actors and conquerors and stuff. But So in that sense, if anything, the diagnosis, as you call it, the passion is dominates because without that leap you essentially have despair and suicide okay to to go back to plato another thing that people don't understand about plato as a dramatist and i i did this for many years philosophers make the mistake of thinking that the truth is what socrates says but actually the truth is what all the speakers say plato is speaking like any writer he's speaking through all the characters so that Socrates is not the truth. The dialogue is the truth. The, the contradiction, the dispute is the truth. And that conforms to Milton. I'm glad you went back to Milton. Because Milton and Plato can play with that stuff because they're a bunch of rich guys that have nothing better to do, as I think I point out in my ethics series. But, you know, if you go back to the pills, and I just looked it up, I, I mixed up the pills. The red pill is truth. The blue pill is falsehood. You know, it's nice for a rich guy to say, yeah, I would pick truth no matter how bad it is because they don't know how bad it is, right? I mean, Plato had it nice. Milton had it nice. And they had it nice their whole lives. So it's nice for them to talk. Yeah, I would pick the red pill. I'm a real man. And, yeah. Unfortunately, if, if you experience despair and misery and all that, the blue pill starts sounding pretty nice. So I think we're running out of time here. I, I don't think Buddhism is an excuse to refuse the choice. So I gave you the choice of either truth, the red pill, and this misery on fighting a non-ending battle, or you can accept illusion, a dream of happiness, and you'll never know that, that it was just a dream. Are you still refusing to pick, Phil? Yes. When we come back, we'll discuss them all. Then, <laughs> then Buddhism is a, is a cowardly way out, man. You don't want to make a decision. I don't you're kind of proving my point, in a way. I don't know. No, it, it's it's brave because it recognizes that there's no real choice. There, there is if you want to live in the real world. I mean, if you want to sit in a in a monastery in the corner and contemplate the oneness of the whole or the wholeness of the one or whatever, you're right. But if you want to step out into the real world, there's choices, and there's be or not be is pretty basic. It's probably the first choice you have to make. <laughs>